Hello, my modern women. This is your host, Nicole Colantoni, the single at 30, the manual for the modern woman. Hello, and welcome back to All My Modern Women. We are back with season four of Single at 30, and I could not be more excited to be here with you guys today. A lot has been going on behind the scenes, which I am so excited to share with you all. But first, there's actually something I need to confess to all of you. Okay, guys, it's quite a story, so I think I should just start from the beginning. But before I do, I just have to tell you guys that I have gone to record this episode 11 million times and just couldn't get what I wanted to say out. I have no idea why, maybe because never in a million years did I think that when I launched this podcast, I would end up in a position where this was something I would have to share with you guys so soon. And maybe that was foolish of me. Or maybe it's because I could never have imagined that what I'm about to share with you guys was ever going to come true for me or at least be this easy. And I remember what it felt like when I didn't think it would come true. And I feel this huge sense of responsibility to all of you now to talk about it. Or maybe it's because I have a little stage fright or whatever the podcast terminology is because the person I'm about to talk to you about might end up listening to this very app and that makes me freeze up and go all weird. Or maybe I'm worried this app won't be received well after what I have to say. Or maybe it's all of the fucking above. I don't fucking know anymore, guys. But what I do know is that yesterday I wanted to smash my microphone across the wall because I was just so tongue-tied. And then I called a friend of mine who gave me some pretty good advice. She basically said, just lean into the vulnerability. Tell your listeners how you're feeling. And I was like, yeah, you're so right. Why pretend this is easy for me when it's not? So for those of you listening, I've lost count of what take this is, uh, but here goes. For those of you that have been listening to SAT since it launched, you guys would know that I started this podcast to basically air the reality of being a modern woman, the good, the bad, and of course, the ugly. You also know that I came up with the idea of the podcast when I was single at 30, hence the name, obviously. But for those of you who are new to the podcast, firstly, I love you, uh, but I'll give you a quick summary of how it all came about. Basically, I had been single for close to nine years. And I say single because for five of those years, I was recovering from a pretty bad breakup. And I hate saying that because it makes it sound like I wasn't over my ex, which isn't the case. But I had basically sworn off men during that period because I was just so determined to not repeat any of the toxic drama that took place in any of my previous relationships. Now, admittedly, during that period, I obviously had relationships, but I knew I was just totally not in the right mindset to open up to anyone and fall in love again. And then for like the other three and a bit years, I basically approached dating like a full-time job. Guys, I was on every app imaginable. I had countless chats with guys on the go. And basically any spare second I had was either spent on a date 
or planning for a date. And like 99.9% of the guys I was chatting to, I knew deep down would go nowhere. But guys, I was just so determined to put myself out there. And obviously, throughout the process of putting myself out there, I shared everything that happened to me on the dates I went on via voice notes with my friends and family who were actually the ones who told me to start this very podcast. And now SAT has evolved into this amazing community. And guys, I could not be more grateful for all of you, but I have to be honest with you. It took me a while to get SAT off the ground after I first came up with the idea. And in a weird twist of fate, would you guys believe the very same week I launched Single at 30, I also started dating my now boyfriend. Guys, I won't give too many details about him away, but he actually has the same name as me. So that definitely simplifies things. But honestly, guys, I know everyone says this, but finding a boyfriend was literally the last thing on my mind when Nick came into my life. To set some context for you guys, I had just signed up to a co-working space down the road from my house where I was busy lining up all six episodes of season one of the podcast. I come from a corporate background, so this was the first time ever in my life I was working around other young entrepreneurs and creatives. And as lame as this might sound, I remember so clearly telling my friends and family that I just wanted to embrace being single, get to know everyone at the co-working space and paint the town red for a while. And actually, right after I signed up, a really good friend of mine said over lunch one day, that she was worried I was going to meet someone at the co-working space because she was desperate to set me up with a guy who she was certain was my future husband. And I distinctly remember saying to her, I'm not ready to settle down right now. Just give me six months. And guys, I can't believe it, but after nine years of being single, she ended up being right. But when I think back, When I made the decision to sign up to the new co-working space, it was this super weird time in my life because I guess you could say it was like the first time ever I felt truly happy with my own life. And because of that, I was just focusing on myself and doing my own thing. I was loving life at the new co-working space. I was loving working on launching the podcast and RIP, but I was literally in the best shape I'd ever been in before. And guys, I know that this sounds bad, but I literally didn't care about anyone or anything else that was going on around me. And what's funny is that during that time, I remember so clearly feeling like I had become a magnet to single man. Guys, I would literally walk from work to my house or my house to work and guys would dead set stop me on the street and ask me out. And even a lot of friends also came out of the woodwork who all of a sudden had someone they wanted to set me up with. The very same people who never had a single person they wanted to set me up with the whole nine years I was single, all of a sudden were like, do you know who would be great for you? Guys, it was like the second I just embraced being my own person and really started to love my own life and not be so phased by the search anymore, endless opportunities literally began to come out of nowhere. But again, guys, I was so not phased because I was just so caught up in doing my own thing at the time. And then, of course, right as I was loving life, the second lockdown in Sydney happened. And I, like everyone else, was told to stay the fuck home. And after my 2020 plans to move to New York fell through because of COVID, news of this second lockdown literally devastated me. I was just so excited to just go into the co-working space every day that the thought of not being able to just literally gutted me. Luckily, though, the co-working space was actually pretty chill and people who couldn't work from home could keep going in. And so I did. And that's when Nick entered my life. 
Guys, I should probably mention that on the very first day I signed up to the co-working space, I was obviously chatting to the office managers about which boys in the building were cute. Uh, and to set the scene, my desk was smack bam in the middle of level one, but there were three levels. And one of the office managers, who is actually a good friend of mine now, literally said, I think you should go for Nick on level three. And I actually remember so clearly getting her to show me his Instagram and my usual judgmental self crept in and I immediately dismissed him the second I saw a photo of him fishing. I was like, not not compatible and changed the topic. But as time went on though, uh, Nick would often come down to pick up packages from level one, which just so happened to be right in front of my desk. And obviously his version of events is that I would flirt with him every time he came downstairs. But honestly, guys, I'm being real with you here. The thought literally did not occur to me. And obviously now I feel bad saying that, especially because usually I would be super attracted to a guy that looks like Nick. But from my perspective, I was just innocently chatting away to him because if you guys haven't caught on from the podcast, I can literally talk to a wall for hours. But anyways, to cut a long story short, lockdown happened and Nick and I were like one of 10 people who continued going into the co-working space. And that was when we got together. But guys, it was not without its challenges. And that's what I really want to focus on in this app because we've spoken a lot in previous apps about love bombing, red and green flags, settling and so on. And I will be the first to admit that I am by no means perfect. And had I not spent all of those years being single and working on myself, there is no way in a million years that I... A, would have attracted someone as incredible as Nick into my life, but B, being able to recognize how incredible he is, or C, actually agreed to go out with him. Firstly, guys, Nick is a lot quieter than I am, which most people would agree is probably a good thing. But as you guys know, my usual type is a lot louder. Typically, they're the love bombers who do a big song and dance to get your attention. So lockdown actually was great for us because it allowed us to get to know each other in this quiet working environment where it was really just us going in each day. And it was then that I realized that although he may not be the loudest person in the room, he actually has all these other amazing qualities that I had basically overlooked just because he wasn't demanding that I notice them. And guys, you know from previous apps that I have literally dismissed first dates because they wore thongs. But with Nick, I don't know why, despite having concerns, there was just something in the back of my head that kept saying, be patient, don't dismiss this one. And guys, I am so fucking glad I listened to it. Like we would often stay back after work and have dinner together. And because he's quiet, Sometimes it felt like I could literally hear pins dropping in China and old me would have been like too hard basket and would have moved on. But because I was starting to see all his other amazing qualities, like how he treated people around him at the co-working space or how dedicated and passionate he was about his work or how humble he was and even how consistent he was with me. I realized that it didn't matter how chatty he was and basically made the decision to just see where it went. But of course, guys, I am still human. And one Friday night when we got drunk together at the co-working space, I decided to reveal just how human I was. Uh, it was actually the night we first kissed. He was walking me home and on the walk home, I decided to list all the supposed red flags and reasons why we weren't compatible. Okay, let me try to remember. But I think it was something along the lines of how he likes sport or fishing, or a big one for me was how he wasn't spiritual or how we don't dress the same. And actually the morning after we first kissed, so yeah, the very next day, 
I woke up with a photo of him on my phone. And when I asked him why I took the photo, he said, because after we kissed, I was like, I've never kissed someone in a Patagonia vest before. I have to take a photo of this. Guys, my point here is, had I succumbed to believing that those non-existent flags were in fact red flags and overlooked all his incredible qualities, I may not be with this amazing human today. And like we've discussed in previous apps, it just goes back to redefining what settling is. Now, guys, despite his amazing qualities, the relationship was by no means perfect from the outset. And honestly, I can assure you after the week Nick and I have both had, I am 100% certain that he would probably vouch that it's still not today. And just to give you guys some insight, I have had some family issues take place this week on top of having my period, and I haven't left the house or gotten out of my dressing gown once since Saturday or put on makeup, uh, let alone deodorant or perfume, and my emotions have been all over the place. Like, guys, I've been pulling shit out of the emotional archive that not even I knew was in there and throwing it at him. But despite clown-like weeks like this one, from day one, it has always been easy with Nick. Easy in the sense that the things I truly need in a partner and learn to eventually look for and appreciate, Nick has given me from the outset. Things like clear communication, consistency, transparency. Like even if we use this week as an example, despite how all over the place I've been, literally every morning this week, I've woken up to a cup of coffee from him. Every night he's arranged dinner. And even at my worst, as opposed to fighting back, Instead, he's been like, maybe we should go for a walk or said things like, what can we do together to help you feel better? And guys, I won't lie to you. Sometimes that annoyed me because in my head, I was just like, let me be a monster. And with previous partners, it would have been a fight. But with Nick, whatever I go through, no matter how shit or how poorly I'm behaving, he just somehow makes it better. But guys, like I said, before Nick, I was used to guys swooping in and love bombing me. But unlike the rest, Nick was a very slow burn. For instance, uh, not only did he take 10 whole months to eventually tell me he loved me, Nick and I also have very different communication styles. Like to set the scene, I think three or four months into the relationship, I sat him down and was like, are you attracted to me? And he was like, yeah, why? And I was like, would be nice if you told me once in a while. And he was like, oh, I think it all the time. Guys, I am not even joking. I would literally get ready for dates. And instead of saying I looked nice, there would just be radio silence. And when you're someone like me, who is used to love bombers, who shower you in praise, I was literally like, what the fuck is going on here? Also, Nick was going around telling people that I was his girlfriend, but somehow just magically forgot to inform me that we were boyfriend-girlfriends. Guys, I literally had to ask him four months in at his birthday dinner. He made some mention of our anniversary and I was like, what does the anniversary date represent? And he was like, when we first started dating. And I was like, so am I your girlfriend? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, and when were you going to tell me that? And he's like, oh, I've been calling you that to my friends for ages. And guys, trust me, there were a lot of times in the lead up to those 10 months that I got really upset about how he hadn't told me he loved me yet. It was actually around the six month mark that it really started to hit me hard. And it just goes back to the whole love language thing. Like I even became one of those women who I never thought I'd ever become. 
the type of women who would wait in desperate anticipation to be proposed to, because I literally started to think things like, oh, maybe on my birthday, he'll tell me he loves me. And yet, just like Christmas, my birthday came around. And yet again, he signed off on the card with Nick X. Not even a love Nick, just Nick X. Guys, we were six months in. And guys, just to be clear, while I am all about taking your time to get to know someone, my love language is without a doubt words of affirmation. So the fact that Nick doesn't like to express himself with words like I do was something I really had to practice patience with. Oftentimes, I felt rejected by him because he didn't naturally show love the way I need to be loved. But going back to how it's always been easy, fortunately, he has always been 100% receptive to every single thing I say. And whenever I mention something that is upsetting me, which is often, FYI, we discuss it and he without a doubt always meets me at least halfway on it. Even now, I feel like my need to receive words of affirmation is 100% met in the relationship, which just makes me so fucking glad that I didn't give up on him because it wasn't met in the beginning. And guys, I think that that's the difference between a healthy relationship and an unhealthy one. The reality is, guys, you're never going to be with someone just like you. That would be next to impossible and fucking weird. And they're never going to be able to read your mind. Again, next to impossible and fucking weird. But I think that as long as you both provide a safe space for one another to express your needs and concerns and are receptive to those needs and concerns, you literally can overcome almost anything in a relationship. And speaking of creating a safe space, guys, like I said, Nick and I literally started dating the week that the podcast launched. And even though I can chew anyone's ear off for hours, I am actually a very private person. And obviously, this podcast is all about dating and relationships. And I share quite a bit of background info. So when Nick and I got together after nine years of being single, might I add, I never in a million years thought this would go anywhere serious. And so I made the decision to not tell him about the launch of the podcast. He knew there was a podcast I was working on in the background, but I never told him when it actually went live. Then things became more serious. And before I knew it, five months had passed and he still didn't know. I actually maintained that I was telling him about interviews I was doing and I was definitely dropping it in conversation. But I guess we hadn't actually sat down and spoken about it in detail yet. And my argument is that I made this podcast for you guys. So the thought of a guy listening to it and having this much insight into me and my life when he wasn't even the intended audience just made me so uncomfortable. Fortunately, again, going back to the easy part, when we did speak about it, he was beyond supportive and even completely respectful when I asked him to not listen to any of the apps. And still to this day, guys, he hasn't. And of course, we now talk about work 24-7 and he obviously knows about this app. But the point I'm trying to make, guys, is that trust is earned. People don't necessarily deserve to know everything about you straight away. You have to know that it's okay to invite them into certain aspects of your life, whether that be meeting the parents, colleagues, friends, your children, or like in my case, viewing your work. And guys, I can totally admit that I probably worked up the podcast in my head, but I could never have imagined that Nick would end up becoming the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And so I didn't want to share something as personal and as important as the podcast with him. 
I think things would even have been different if we had started dating even a month after the podcast aired. But because it was the very same week and the podcast was all about my single life, I just couldn't even compute the irony of it all. I just had to compartmentalize and move the fuck on. It's now been a year since the launch of the podcast, uh, which means a year since Nick and I have been together. I'm now 33 and I've spent a lot of time reflecting on my single life and now relationship. And I wanted to share the insights I've had with you guys. Firstly, being with Nick has made me so fucking glad. I never, ever, 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 ever settled. You guys, it blows my mind to think about the amount of fucking therapy I'd be in if I was with any of the guys I dated before him. And like, you just know that they're not right for you. Like I went on so many dates, but deep down I was like, they're not my person. But you convince yourself, right? You give into the pressure from the people around you. Things like when they say, stop being so picky. You got to put yourself out there. Maybe he didn't mean to make you feel like shit on every single day you've been on together. Guys, no. Trust your fucking gut and hang in there. God, I must have gone on hundreds of dates. And there was literally a time when all my friends were partnered up. And I was literally convinced I was the only single person on this planet. And it wasn't like there weren't guys wanting to date me. And it's not like some of these guys weren't great guys, but they weren't right. And after nine years of them not being right, I can 100% confirm that I was 100% sure at one point that I was going to die alone. But here's the thing. I was totally fucking okay with that. And you should be too. Guys, what would you prefer? A fucking lit life on your own where you get to do whatever you want with whoever you want or the baggage of waking up in bed every single day to the wrong fucking person who you have a joint mortgage or even kids with. And guys, I was meditating recently. And while I was meditating, I started reminiscing over my 20s and how great it was when all my friends and I were single and carefree. We literally had all the time in the world, zero responsibility and everything and everyone was a possibility. And then while I was meditating, I got so fucking sad because I remember how sad we were during that time. We were so focused on dating and our boyfriends or finding a boyfriend and whether we would marry that boyfriend one day that we just forgot to enjoy the fucking moment, that carefree bliss that none of us will ever get back again because now we're older and we have responsibilities and hectic jobs. And some of us have kids or our biological clocks are closer to running out of time now than they were back then. And I feel like we all do that with so many moments and phases in our life. But guys, being single is actually lit. Like guys, I had so much fucking fun being single. I can't even tell you. Sure, not knowing when I would meet my person was definitely terrifying at times, particularly after a bad day when I started questioning all of my life decisions. But there were so many fucking lols and I met some really amazing people, one of which is actually my now best guy friend. And guys, I wouldn't trade all the bad dates in the world and all the single years I spent on my own if it meant I didn't meet my best friend and it didn't lead me to Nick. Guys, Nick was worth the nine years wait. 
And just to be clear, because I actually couldn't help myself and work this out earlier, that is 3,285 days that I spent with single being my relationship status. And what I know with absolute fucking certainty is that if I can do it, so can you. And guys, next month, Nick and I are actually moving in together. And as excited as I am about living with him, there's also something so exciting about the mystery of being single, the wonder, the uncertainty, the freedom. I just so wish advertising companies focused on that instead of making single people feel so fucking shit about having to spend time on their own. Like it's some sort of prison sentence. Like shame. You get to sleep in your queen bed all by yourself and wake up whenever you want. And then you get to decide what you do with your day and who you spend it with without having to factor in anyone else. Guys, poor you. Sounds fucking terrible. (laughs) Guys, being single is such a gift because you get to figure out who the fuck you are. And guys, sometimes that's a lifelong process that just shouldn't be rushed just because of some predetermined timeline that we've all been brainwashed to adhere to. Guys, your timeline is your own. Please do not compete, compare, or try to control it. And I could not be more clear about this. Dating should be fun. The number of friends and clients I have who approach dating like it's this big fucking burden breaks my goddamn heart. Guys, if dating is not fun, you simply are not doing it right. Don't get me wrong. It can be so fucking destroying if you have a bad date. And of course you will. Guys, there is no way you will hit it off with every eligible match you come across. But for the most part, it should be an amazing opportunity to meet someone new and do something new with them. Guys, if you are not having fun, you simply are not doing it right. And I feel like I need to stress this point because I feel like so many people approach dating like this. Guys, dating is not an interview. It's an opportunity to get to know someone new and understand yourself and what you're looking for on a deeper level. And guys, you simply cannot do this if you approach every single date with a set of criteria that you want them to meet. Please take the pressure off yourself and stop worrying whether they're into you or if they could be your forever person or your baby daddy or whatever it is that is your ultimate goal and just enjoy the moment for what it is, for however long it is. Get drunk. Make a fool of yourself. I know I have, and I know I don't regret the memories now, and I certainly won't when I'm old looking out the window of a retirement home. Guys, when Nick and I first got together, he actually told me uh, he was moving to New York soon to set up an office there. And as you can probably imagine, uh, old me, who usually dismisses guys immediately, uh, was screaming in the back of my head saying, run, do not walk towards that red flag. What if you get your heart broken? But fortunately for me, there was also another more evolved voice inside my head that was saying, he's the first great guy you've come across that doesn't make you want to run for the hills. Just enjoy it for what it is. Be patient. See where it goes. Be open to opportunity and possibility. And guys, I'll spare you the details, but he obviously didn't move to New York because now we're moving in together. Guys, the point is none of us ever know what the future holds. But imagine if I dismissed Nick based on the supposed red flags I thought I saw in the beginning. I would have surpassed day 3,650 of being single by now. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I am actually so fucking grateful for all those years I was single because it made me realize what was important in a partner. And guys, I can assure you, it's none of the love bombing nonsense I was used to receiving. Guys, no extravagant dinner. 
nice handbag, piece of jewelry, bunch of flowers, or throwaway compliment can ever compete with the satisfaction of knowing that the person you're with is committed to working on the health and happiness of the relationship as much as you are. And Nick can also vouch for this as someone who was always such a sucker for love at first sight or the concept of just knowing the second you meet someone, whether they're the one for you. I can honestly say after meeting Nick that there is lots of merit in the slow burn. Guys, loyalty, consistency, integrity, transparency, dedication, and devotion are all valuable traits that can only be revealed and proven over time. True chemistry simply doesn't burn out or fade away. It only gets better the longer the connection and the stronger it grows. And like I said, it doesn't mean that things are perfect. Guys, humans are fucking complicated and life is messy, but the relationship shouldn't be hard work if you're both dedicated to doing what's best for it. So guys, honestly, for those of you that are single and looking or in a relationship that you're not sure about, this is my advice to you. As someone whose prior boss once told them to accept that statistically they were going to end up alone, please take it from me when I say never give up. Learn to love your life so fucking much that it becomes less about the search for love and more about attracting back what you're putting out. And guys, when your friends or family inevitably come down on you about why you're not dating or why you haven't met your person yet, please take no notice. Remember, no one's relationship is perfect. And I can guarantee you some of those same fucking people lecturing you should probably not be in the relationship they're in and should instead give singledom and getting to know themselves a fucking try. And I cannot fucking express this more. Guys, your timeline is your own. You do not have to worry about it, apologize for it, or justify it. Guys, I didn't meet my person until I was 32. But I can honestly tell you right now that if I knew it was him who I would one day end up with, I would have happily waited until I was 62. And I know that that is such a hard thing to believe, but it's true. Because the only thing you should be worried about is how happy you are in your own body and with your own life. And guys, if you can't honestly say that you are happy, please make every adjustment possible until you are. And remember that who we attract in life is only ever a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. When I finally realized that, I also realized why I kept attracting guys who triggered me and reminded me of all of the things I didn't like about myself and my own life until I sorted my shit out. And guys, please don't be like me. Believe in the slow burn. Nick might not be the spiritual guru that I thought I wanted, but he champions that side of my life. And had I dismissed him because he wore Patagonia, I can honestly say it would have been my biggest regret to date. Guys, all that matters is how they treat you, how they make you feel, and whether you both support each other's vision for the future. The rest is just fucking details. And lastly, guys, please remember that love should be easy. Please don't settle for a relationship that's hard work just because society and the people in shitty relationships around you convinced you otherwise. It's bullshit. Life is hard, but the person you're with should be committed to working through it with you and making it easier at all costs. All right, guys, that's it for me. Let's talk about what's coming up in the podcast. This is episode one of season four of Single at 30. And guys, I am so excited for you to see what we have coming up. 
First of all, I actually started a single 30 TikTok. Uh, I'm going to lean in and be vulnerable with you guys again and admit that I have fucking no idea how to use TikTok. I also now have the utmost respect for influencers because that shit is hard. I don't know, but finding an angle you look cute in while getting the lighting right and not forgetting your words is some elite craftsmanship that almost brought me to fucking tears. Every time I thought I had the take, all of a sudden a bird would screech in the background or my cat would jump in the frame and I would just have to start all over again. But guys, I'm committed to talking about dating trends on TikTok. So please follow me uh, and please DM me with any crazy trends you come across. And if you're like me and have no idea what vapping is, please check out the latest video I did and let me know what you think. As for the podcast, uh, one major change is the introduction of Sunday Dating Scaries. Basically, you guys can write in your dating dilemmas to me and every Sunday, either I and or another relationship expert will answer any questions you have. The first Sunday Scaries will be starting on Sunday, the 14th of August. So guys, please drop me a line ASAP. Oh, and guys, I've also been working on an in-person event with a very dear psychologist friend of mine. The event will be taking place in both Sydney and Melbourne, and you can officially sign up through the Single 30 private Facebook link that I've dropped in the show notes for this app. Guys, that's it from me. I love you all. This is your host, Nicole Colantoni at Single 30, the manual for the modern woman that we're writing together. See you next week.